hello everyone and welcome back to crying pain and paranoia it's us again Again. and again and again welcome back to nightmare week hope you guys are having a great time thus far i'm having a good time me too um today i'm going to be leading us through the case of the angel of death we'll get into who that is Mm -hmm. um emily what's your bit of halloween nostalgia slash favorite part of halloween today so mine i kind of do all year round but fair i watch ghost adventures every single halloween because they always have it on repeat like the whole day they just play ghost adventures and ever since high school i watch it every halloween night oh i love that i fell asleep one time with my contacts and watching it that's the only time i've ever fallen asleep with my contacts and then it scarred me um but like bryce and i's our wedding anniversary is november 1st so it's the day after yeah and so like even when we go on like in a little anniversary trips Mm -hmm. we still watch it i love it because i've been doing it since high school like it's the law it's the law yeah even when like i was a little nerd with no friends in high school i would still go home and watch ghost adventures by myself yeah because it's a fun good time i have a theory that everyone has either a movie franchise or a show that they watch when it starts getting cold mm-hmm. slash during like fall and winter it's a thing mine's just all year round though yeah i true. love a good ghost adventures episode i, I love to hate on zach i always rewatch the harry potters when it gets cold yes like at some point the first two specifically though I think I'll, it kind of depends. I'll at least watch some of them or the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, I also always listen to Nirvana when it gets cold. Interesting. I love grunge when it's cold. Makes me feel something. That's fair. Fall and grunge go hand in hand. For sure. That is not mine, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, I remember one year during Halloween, my mom had us carve Granny Smith apples, like pumpkins. We carved little faces in them. Mm -hmm. And then we used cloves as eyes and teeth or like grains of rice for teeth. Mm -hmm. And then you left them out on the counter and they would slowly wither and turn into little skulls. Aww. So they'd be like scary little like heads. I, love I loved that. it so much. That's creepy and cute and fun. I might make one just for myself. Yeah. Because I think that was the only year we did it, but I loved it so much. Do it. And I they smelled it. good because it was like apple, apple and, and cloves. cloves. Yes. I recommend it. It was super fun. Do it so I can see it. And less messy than pumpkins. Yeah. I love pumpkin carving, but it's a pain. Yeah. And it stinks. Pumpkins stink. I'm allergic to pumpkin, like the That's inside. That's right, huh? Like, I think it's just, like, whatever pollen. I'm allergic to pollen, yeah. so I think that's what it is. Like, my arms get all, like, red and hivey. I always get the pumpkin under my nails, and that really grosses me out. I hate it. Because then it's orange, and you have to yeah. sit there scrubbing for a while. <clears throat> anyway. Anyway, how do you feel? <laughs> um, okay. So, recently, I watched Lord of the Rings for the first time. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Don't worry. I've already given her enough flack about it. But I watched them all, and yes, I loved it. Yes, it was life-changing. Don't worry. Good. We recently watched the last one, and today I feel like our friend Saruman, when he fell off the tower and got impaled by that wagon wheel thing, Uh uh-huh. and then his body just, like, keeps going around the wheel and into the water. (laughs) Before the episode started and you were talking about him, I knew exactly which moment you were going to bring up. I knew you knew. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
felt yeah, that myself. Just like my lower back and my pelvis really hurt. So yeah. I feel like I've been impaled from a great height. Yeah. I also have an impaled one. Oh, very Mine's good. Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> you know, at the end, have you seen Edward Scissorhands? I haven't. Emily, I haven't seen anything. I'm sorry. Can I spoil it for you then? Go for it. So at the end, one of the douchey high schooler boys goes up to the tower to like confront Edward. And I think he accidentally stabs him, if I remember correctly. This is my nighttime movie that I fall asleep to. I normally don't make it this far. Mm -hmm. But if I remember correctly, he gets stabbed and, like, pushed off the top of, like, his little house tower. So a stab and a fall we both have. That's very funny. But mine's stab and then fall. Well, Saruman got stabbed before he fell. That's why he fell. Yeah, but then he got big impaled. Yeah. He got stabbed twice. Yeah. It's a bad day for him. Good this guy just got else. scissor hand. And then fall. In That's the not gut great. or heart. I just remember the, the blood on the... Yeah. yeah. That's fair. I think it was an accident because Edward would never do that on purpose. He's pure heart. What a guy. If I'm wrong, someone attack me, okay? It's been a while. It is what it is. Okay, let's get going. Mm-hmm. This podcast contains sensitive materials such as violence, murder, paranormal activity, and other adult topics, so listener discretion is advised. While we do research all of our episodes, we are just two Emilys with a microphone and a passion for all things spooky. Take it with a grain of salt. All of our sources will be in the show notes. Okay. So, Emily, I'm going to be telling you today about the Angel of Death, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Donald Harvey. Ooh. Yes. I hate the name Donald. So, <laughs> Donald Harvey was an unassuming nurse's aide in 1987 when he pleaded guilty to killing 37 people. That's a lot. The soft-looking man had been on a decades-long rampage of poisoning hospital patients driven by some god complex. He saw himself as a, quote, angel of death who meted out mercy killings to the terminally ill. In reality, he was an undiscerning killer who used a lethal cocktail of arsenic and cyanide on the helpless. So, we're going to go into his background just a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. Donald Harvey was born near Cincinnati, Ohio on April 15, 1952. Shortly afterward, the family moved to Bonneville, Kentucky, a tiny town in Appalachia. His family was poor and lived in the mountains of eastern Kentucky where Harvey was allegedly abused by an uncle and a neighbor as young as the age of four. Instead of wanting to play on the playground at school, the smart youngster, I disagree, preferred to spend time with adults. He was remembered as being well-liked by teachers, but isolated by students. Harvey dropped out of school after the ninth grade, but earned his GED through corresponding school. Correspondence school, sorry. Unemployed, a young Harvey went to see, um, went to see a dying grandfather in the hospital in Kentucky. This is where his fascination with death began. After becoming a regular visitor to the hospital, he was asked to become an orderly, which he did. He gave patients medications and saw to both their medical and personal needs. He became obsessed with this feeling of power over the helpless 
as he controlled all the routines that would keep them alive. Isn't that crazy? They were just like, you want a job? Literally. And he's like, sure. And then that's how this started. Mm-hmm. Well, he told an interviewer in 2003, control and power is about the same thing, isn't it? The way I look at it, you controlling something, you got power to do it. No. Yeah, I don't know. No. So Harvey killed for the first time on May 30th, 1970, two weeks into his employment. Took two weeks. It took two weeks for him to go to a normal civilian to, oh, I'm going to kill everyone I know. No, literally. He smothered a stroke victim with a pillow. He went on to smother, hook up empty oxygen tanks, and impale a patient with a wire hanger in place of a catheter. Some 13 more patients. Those are not light killings. No. I thought it was going to be the the poison. So, that's... I'll be honest. I The only reason I called him the angel of death is because maybe it would help some of our listeners remember who this is. I personally don't like calling him that because he's just... another murderer he's just a guy that decided to kill some people like these killings were not peaceful no it doesn't feel good to die in these ways it's just it makes me really bad and you should never be in the right mind to think ah yes i'm going to kill these people because they're already dying anyways no so because most of harvey's victims were old or in such poor health no one suspected him Besides, Harvey added in the same interview, the doctors were too busy and overworked to notice. Most of the doctors were so overworked, so busy, that a patient could die and the family doctor would not come in and pronounce the person dead. They would have a resident do that. they just pronounce him dead and send him straight to the funeral home. Yikes. That's terrifying. Uh Uh-huh. This standard procedure left hundreds of patients in the hands of a deranged killer who used whatever methods he had at his disposal to murder his victims. Cyanide, arsenic, rat poison, and petroleum distates were among Harvey's favorite methods of murder. He put these chemicals into foods, fruit juices, and pies. He would also suffocate his victims either with the pillows or letting their oxygen tanks run out. No. I thought he'd only killed them with the poison. No, like, so at the end of this, I'll warn you now. I'm going to read every single name of every victim we know about. Mm-hmm. Um, because these articles that I chose f- focus very heavily on him instead of the victims, and I don't like that. No. So we're going to bring the focus back to the victims at the end. Mm-hmm. So, when I typed this up, I read every single cause of death. And really? there were quite a few where, like, he would poison their pudding. Mm-hmm. He would strangle them, like, or suffocate them with, like, a plastic bag. Oh, no. Like, it's terrible. That's so sad. So, meanwhile, Harvey struggled with depression and thoughts of suicide. He met an undertaker named Vernon Midden. That's not a real name. Who introduced him to the occult and also how the human body operates in detail. When their relationship went south, he imagined embalming the undertaker alive. So he continued to kill the elderly and sick with his new knowledge of the body. 
some he would describe as mercy killings um, as the victims were unwell. Then Harvey tried to kill himself. In 1971, he set the bathroom of his empty apartment in his building on fire in an unsuccessful suicide attempt. He was subsequently arrested and paid a $50 fine. Wait, 15 or 50? 50. Both are too low. Yeah. He would try to kill himself later that year with NyQuil and would again be arrested on this suspicion of burglary. Burg- you, I can never say that. Burglary. Yes. Yeah. In his own apartment building. He was drunk when apprehended and he bragged to the police about killing 15 people at Marymount Hospital, but no one believed him. I want to put this out here. He's killed so many people at this point. He knows how to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. And he tries to kill himself with a NyQuil. I know, I'm like... To me, that means he knows deep down what he was doing was wrong and was painful. They were not mercy killings. No, because if he truly wanted to, you know, kill himself... He knows how. He knows how to kill a person. Mm-hmm. NyQuil's not gonna do He's much. Disgusting. It'll just make you sick for a while. So, he enlisted in the Air Force, but was promptly asked to leave <laughs> and consequently tried to kill himself for the third time. He just so, needs some mental help. Seriously. Throughout this, Harvey became ever more entangled in the occult and joined a local group. Uh, he engaged in several relationships with men, and when he felt one of his partners may leave him, he poisoned his friend, his neighbor, and his father to death. He even poisoned his partner so that he was too sick to leave their apartment. I was going to say, normally people kill their partner because they don't want them to leave. Yeah. This guy has massive control issues. Yeah. Harvey went so far as to kill one of his own ex-boyfriends, all while continuing to poison his mother and maim his patients at various hospitals across Kentucky and Ohio. This went on for nearly decades until a fortuitous autopsy finally brought the angel of death to justice. Haha. Mr. John Powell was hospitalized from a motorcycle accident in early March of 1987. He later died in his hospital bed. When a doctor performed a routine autopsy on Powell's stomach, he caught a whiff of something strange. Cyanide. Haha, you got caught. Also, cyanide smells like almond. Yeah, which would be really weird if you're doing an autopsy and, like you, and you smell something kind of sweet. Yeah, and like this guy was in a motorcycle accident, like he probably wasn't eating much and, you know. And also, it's like, huh? It's really weird. It became clear that Powell didn't die from his motorcycle accident, but from poisoning. Mm-hmm. Harvey was an attending nurse and the investigation was quickly on to him. Harvey refused to a lie detector and was consequently brought in for questioning where he confessed to killing Powell. He said he did it because he felt so sorry for Powell and his family. Baloney sandwich. (laughs) He did not include the other murders he had committed, but evidence mounted that Harvey was the nurse on duty for dozens of other deaths in two different hospitals. Authorities had enough evidence to convict Harvey for killing 37 people. Over a four-year span, he terminated the lives of 21 patients at the Drake Hospital in Cincinnati between 1970 and 1971. 
Harvey killed 13 patients at Marymount Hospital in London, Kentucky. Wow. And those are just the known ones, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't know. It's it's easy to assume there's more. Cause well, yeah, especially if, like, you were saying the partners that he would make ill. Exactly. It's like, well, who else was he killing? And also, like, it there may have not been enough evidence to link him to other patients. Yeah. So Harvey said that for the most part, his killings were out of mercy. I felt what I was doing was right. I was putting people out of their misery. I hope if I'm ever sick and full of tubes or on a respirator, someone will come and end it, he once reported. No. Harvey said that the killings gave him a sense of satisfaction and almost happiness. The murders gave Harvey some sense of power and control in a life that he had much difficulty navigating. I don't care. Um, <laughs> in court, Harvey laughed when the prosecution showed him the names of his victims on a board for the jury. No. No. Rot. It's all excuses. He did not feel bad for them. No. Three of those murders accounted for the deaths of acquaintances outside of the hospital. The media dubbed Donald Harvey the angel of death. Um, it was esti- He estimated in an interview that he had actually killed as many as 70 people. I would be inclined to believe that. Yeah, even if it comes from him, I don't really trust him, obviously. No. But... He did tell people the number before, and no one believed yeah. So, on August 18th, 1987, 35-year-old nurse's aide, Donald Harvey... Hold on. Okay. So, he pled guilty to 24 counts of murder, 4 counts of attempted murder, and 1 count of felonious assault. Four days later, he pled guilty to 25 murders was subsequently sentenced to four consecutive 20 years to life sentences and was also fined $2,700,000. Woo, that's a more appropriate number. That's really funny. They're like, you have to spend the rest of your life in prison and also, like, give us all your money. And also, anything you own is now ours. I'm glad that he pled guilty, though, because usually they don't for some weird reason. Yeah. On September 7th, 1987, in Kentucky, he confessed to committing 12 additional murders while at Marymount Hospital. In November, he pleaded guilty and was sentenced to the eight life terms plus 20 years. Um, he pled guilty a few months later for the three other deaths outside of the hospital from which he received three life sentences plus three terms of seven to 25 years. This is the strangest sentencing I've ever heard of. Yeah. So, in total, he was convicted of 37 murders, but some estimate that it's closer to 87. Oh. Lots of numbers. I apologize. Yeah, I'm like, huh? You know, that, like, old meme where the lady's, like, looking off and all the math symbols are... Yes. Yeah. That's how There's I There's many life sentences... But he took many a life, so. He deserves it, so. This is going to be your favorite part. Okay. On March 30th, uh, 2017, Harvey died at the age of 64 in prison. Like his victims, he didn't die of natural causes. 
Prisoners beat the serial killer to death in his cell. He's probably annoying. Oh, yeah. He's probably insufferable. Someone with such control issues, I'm not surprised that they killed him. Oh, yeah. So, I will mention the, um, the three people he killed outside of his hospital. I believed it was his ex, his roommate, and his father. And no one suspected him for a while? I, th- I don't remember if it was his ex's father that he killed or his father that he killed. I apologize. I researched this a little while ago. Either way, he killed someone. But that was those. Yeah. So, I'm going to read the victims now. Uh-huh. Um, there is 46 on my list. So, feel free to skip this part if you want. But I'm going to read it because I feel obliged. It's recommended you listen because these are the people who need their voices. Yes. Not killers. And I read every single cause of death. Yes. It was really sad. Sad. Okay. So I believe these are in chronological order. Okay. So the victims of Donald Harvey. Logan Evans. James Tyree. Elizabeth Watt. Eugene McQueen, Harvey Williams, Ben Gilbert, Maude Nicholas, William Bowling, Viola Reed Wyron, Margaret Harrison, Sam Carroll, Maggie Rollins, Silas Butner, John V. Combs, Milton Bryant Sasser, Helen Howweiler, Howard Vetter, Hiram Prophet, James Peluso, Edward Wilson, Nathani J. Watson, Leon Nelson, Virgil Weddle, Lawrence Burdenson, Doris Neely, Willie Johnson, Edward Screlebees, I'm so sorry, Robert Crockett, Donald Barney, James T. Woods, Ernest C. Frey, Milton Cantor, Roger Evans, Claiborne Kendrick, Albert Buhinman, William Collins, Henry Cody, Mose Thompson, Otis Day, Cleo Fish, Leo Parker, Margaret Kukro, Stella Lemon, Joseph M. Pike, Hilda Leeds, John W. Powell. Wow. I know. <sighs> and those are just the ones that we know of. That's the, no- the ones we know of. So, the reason I chose this case for, like, the scariest cases is, like, to me, medical things are really scary. That, yeah. like, you're just at the mercy of these people. And these people, especially, like, they had been in serious accidents or they had a stroke or they were nearing mm-hmm. the ends of their lives and they were completely at the mercy of the people taking care of them. Yeah. And that's terrifying to me. It's terrifying. Well, like, we go to doctor's appointments all the time. And mm-hmm. we've seen some great doctors. Yeah. So it's like... But it's also, like, male practice is so frighteningly common. Yeah. And that scares me. I do appreciate all the good doctors and nurses, of course. there are a lot of good ones out there. Of course. And I'm not, like, hating on Mm -mm. medical workers at all. But also something that he said was, like, 
a lot of the doctors didn't even notice because they were so busy and overworked and understaffed. Mm -hmm. And that is scary. Yeah. This system is scary. Yeah. But let's remember all these victims today. Mm -hmm. Because, like, there were so many that there was a really good chance that they would have come back. They would have, like, survived. Well, yeah, especially, like, the motorcycle guy that you were talking about. Seemed like he was doing yeah. fine. Some some of these people were relatively young, like, 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. Like, who knows whether they would have lived or died if he didn't intervene. Yeah. It's terrible. Yuck. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Chronic Pain and Paranoia. Remember to keep tuning in for Nightmare Week, mm-hmm. our scariest week of the year leading up to Halloween. Extra spooky Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. Um, plug in your heating pads, take your meds, and stay spooky. Stay spooky. Goodbye. Goodbye.